How well does Jordan Love have to play for the Packers not to want to go draft a quarterback this spring? Are there real trade possibilities out there for this Green Bay Packers team? Is Matt LaFleur being too loyal to his guys? Is it hurting the team? We open the mailbag on a Friday. Locked on Packers ahead of Monday Night Football. Packers Raiders. Let's go. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. I wanted to open up the mailbag, but I wanted to start actually with a question from my mailbag. I wanted to hear from you and my Twitter followers, etc., about the defensive coordinator job. And I said, okay, you know. The, the Bears defense, whatever. But if Matt Eberflus is fired, there were reports that he is coaching for his job. Justin Fields throwing some touchdown passes, maybe saved it, maybe it didn't, who knows. Uh, but would, would he, is, is it so dire at the defensive coordinator spot? Would you want Matt Eberflus? And my answer would be, I would prefer him to Joe Barry. It's still not who I would necessarily think is the ideal candidate. I think he would be an upgrade over Joe Barry. Yes, there are some similarities. He likes to play a lot of too high, was a little didactic in some of his coverage looks, not wanting to play more man coverage when that would have been advantageous, not wanting to blitz when that would have been advantageous. But he got a lot out of those Colts defenses, had a lot of good game plans, was at the forefront of you know some of the ways that teams want to use their linebackers and their edge defenders in in play action situations. So I I was not surprised. I mean the reason I asked the question was sort of to get the response that I did. I was not surprised that the answers were so polarizing. There were some people that were like hell no. And there were some people that were like sounds great. Sign me up. And then there was a cohort of you that was like literally I would take you as the defensive literally. They said that uh, that they would take me as defensive coordinator over Joe Barry at this point, not because I'm special. Certainly, that is the joke, uh, but because they're just that done with Joe Barry. If you have more that info, input, insight that you want to offer, hit me up. But I, I wanted to lead with that because it was, it was sort of my mailbag question. I wanted to get your responses before we did this. Jim Leonard, I think, is still the guy. That I, would, that I would be most interested in. But we'll see. We'll see. So let's start with a question, a version of a question that I got uh, a, a number of, of times. 
and it's from our pal Jen Curtin, and she said, "Now that we have seen a bit of the of the of this team, wow, sorry, Jen, butchered your question because I can't read. Apparently, many of us wanted the Packers to try and trade for Devonte again or any veteran receiver. Should they be willing to part with a high pick for something like that to develop Jordan Love, given what's going on with the offensive line and no first from the Jets? So, one of the reasons that I also wanted to address this early." was there was a piece from Tom Silverstein about the desire on his part, at least, to, or or wisdom, I guess we could say. He's saying, I think it would be wise to do this. I, 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 I don't like you should. I do, I, I do it, but I don't want to, I don't like to. I, sh- I shouldn't, because now I get to speak for myself. I shouldn't. But there are there are some trades that make sense for the Packers. I don't know that a veteran receiver is one of them. Now, if you could get Devontae Adams for a second round pick, you should do that. I just don't think that that's a possibility. I don't think you should use a first round pick to go get Devontae Adams. And, and I don't think the Packers are in a situation with Jordan Love right now, like the Bears were with Justin Fields, where they felt like they needed to add a premium playmaker to find out what they had with Jordan Love or just with Justin Fields. And so that is that is why, part of why that, that package that they got from Carolina was so appealing to them. With Romeo Dobbs, with Jaden Reed, with Christian Watson, with Luke Musgrave, they have a really nice core of pass catchers. Now, if you could get an elite guy for a second round pick, do it. You just can't. Now, I also understand and am sympathetic to the argument. It's probably the argument that I would make. A first-round pick can be anything. It could even be a player as good as someone like Devontae Adams. So if you could get Devontae Adams for a first-round pick, go ahead. I would like to see them. They have these next two games, game, winnable games, games they should win. Go 4-2. and two. Look impressive beating two bad teams. And then that makes me say, okay, maybe go for it a little bit. My preference would be, and I think the the wise choice would be, to find someone that's a little closer to the timeline. I think Devontae Adams probably makes more sense for a team like, say, the Bills or the Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders are going to trade him to the Chiefs, but that would be a a smart move for the Chiefs if they could actually make that work. Um, And so from that standpoint, you know, I think that there are players who might fit the timeline a little bit better. Buda Baker would be a player for me that I would be much more interested in. If it's a clear and obvious need, they don't have any any investment there at all. And I think would make this team better. And, and he would be one of those guys that you wouldn't mind paying while, you're ha- while you have Jordan Love on the cheap. I know they don't have a lot of money and that's part of the reason this is all complicated right now. But they they could get someone like Buda Baker. You'd redo the contract super low cap hit this year. You could extend it next year when uh, Aaron Rodgers comes off the books. You potentially have David Bakhtiari off the books or a reworked contract. He's not coming back on this current contract in 2024. Done. He's not. If he's coming back, it's on a new deal, a different deal. So like there's an opportunity for them to be able to spend some money next year, but it has to be for a player who's on the same timeline as this team. They are still figuring this out. Right now, they're asking Jordan Love to carry this offense. That's just not a winning formula. It's just not. 
So the plan has to fit the team. And I think for for this team, that means finding guys. If you're going to go out and make a move, it has to be for the kind of player that fits where you're going to be next year. Because they're not they're not competing for the Super Bowl this year. Now I think to my earlier point, if they if they look good, if they are they're four and two after two more games, then you could say, hey, why not us? You add a, another high quality player somewhere. I've made the case starting from before the season. A trade is fine. Jonathan Taylor, I'm I'm all for, especially a rental for Jonathan Taylor. If the Colts are just going to give away Jonathan Taylor, thanks. I would take that. Third round pick. Packers light third round picks on freaking fire. I would give up a third round pick just to rent Jonathan Taylor this year and then make a decision on the contract moving forward because you're probably not going to pay A.J. Dillon. Jonathan Taylor's probably not going to get that much money anyway. So that would be something that I would look at. And he's on the timeline. He's on the right timeline. All right, we're going to get to a lot, a lot more of your questions here on a Friday Locked on Packers. You guys, I I cannot say enough real and genuine things about bird dogs. I don't even have to read what is written in front of me. I don't have to read the copy. I don't because I am a bird dogs evangelizer in real life. I am someone who loves this product, not just the shorts, which are terrific and designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you that truly sculpted look. That's, that's true. All that's true. I love the joggers. I love the khakis. I, I wear them all the time. It doesn't matter what the weather is. They are the most comfortable and best looking. That combination, I just, you can't find it in other products. You really, really can't. And I've had people ask me, hey, do you really like bird dogs that much? Hey, do you really wear them? The answer is unequivocally, yes. Ask my wife. I, I have a closet full of them. I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the shorts right now. I love the shorts. The shorts are terrific. With the liner, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Guess what? Goes great. I love it. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. East on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts, that's me, around the country, who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. East on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So I got a couple Jordan Love questions and I want to I want to put them together. Um, one of them is from Wendell Ferreira who does a terrific job covering the Packers. Um I, I told him this in his in a conversation we had recently in his in Twitter DMs. I was going to say in his DMs, but that sounded weird because it was in both of our DMs. We were having a conversation. Um, and I just, I told him that I, I think what he does is really smart and he thinks about the game. He, he makes me think about the game in new and different ways. And that's, that's, I think, the best compliment that I can give anyone in the media. 
Um, he asked how good Jordan Love, how good does Jordan Love have to be for the Packers not to draft a quarterback next year? That is an interesting question that is also um, directly tied to how bad the team ends up being. If they get a top 10 pick and it's in part because this offense never gels, that's on Jordan Love. And so you look at, this is a loaded class of quarterbacks. So that's part of this too. Now that's going to be, that's going to tie into the evaluation. How many quarterbacks do the Packers actually like? All of that, of course, matters. As you try and parse though, this Packers team is two and two. How much of that is on Jordan Love versus some of the other players? Like you, you blow a multi-score lead against Atlanta. Jordan Love brings you back from 17 down in the fourth quarter, basically single-handedly against the Saints. You win that game because of him. And then against the Lions, you just, you can't get stops. I mean, both of these games, they have lost because they cannot get stops. In, in some ways, this is the best case scenario for the Packers because they're going to win some games. They're going to go somewhere between you know, have somewhere between seven and 10 wins, probably. If you look at the rest of their schedule, man, it is, you know, Bears games might be a little harder than week one, but it's not a hard schedule. Eight, nine, 10 wins right in their grasp, but enough losses that you can still get a top 15 pick to add real talent to this team around Jordan Love. What I want to see is Jordan Love be one of the reasons this offense works, not just the offense working. Like there's a difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, for example. Brock Purdy is operating that Shanahan offense at a higher level than Jimmy G was. Jimmy G could make it go. And he was the EPA God because Kyle Shanahan is the scheme God. That is, it, it, was, it was not difficult to disentangle quarterback from scheme in that case. Brock Purdy is doing more than Jimmy G. He's making throws that Jimmy just couldn't make. Maybe he's not making, you know, reads any better, but he's certainly pushing the ball down the field, making some tight window throws that Garoppolo just was not capable of doing. Some escapability stuff that Garoppolo was just not capable of doing. This, this scheme is going to do a lot of the work. Can you avoid bad decisions, which Jordan Love has mostly done? Can you make consistent good decisions? And then can you do more? When it's not just the scheme working for you, what can you do? So you're down multiple scores to the Lions. Can you come back and make plays against two high coverages designed to not allow you to make big plays? So far, yeah. Can you can you effort a close game in the third quarter, take it over? And then your defense loses it for you in the fourth quarter. But the answer is yes. We've seen him make plays outside of structure, get to second, third, fourth reads, create with his legs. I think right now, and I said this to uh, my pals, Jake Morley and Jake Westendorf. I said, if the Packers gave the Daniel Jones contract to Jordan Love at the end of the year and nothing changed about his play, he's just this guy, I, it would be totally fine. And it would be, in fact, much better than having given that money to Daniel Jones. Because I think Jordan Love is just so, so, so much more gifted. He is so much more talented as a thrower, as a quarterback, doing all the things that, that you're going to be asked to do. 
it, it does, though, bring us back to that original question. And I think this is what Jen was getting at when she asked the question was, is there a certain point when these young rookies aren't enough to get, number one, an, an eval on Jordan Love, and number two, could you get to the point where it's actually hurting his development? And you think back to Utah State, when he had his guys, there were some NFL players on that team, not fringe NFL players, but some like good players who'd been in the scheme. He was incredible, like in the conversation to be a number one overall pick if he had come out, seriously. And then comes back and has that junior season that was not nearly as good because you lose all those guys. You, you swap out a whole new offensive line and skilled position players. Gary Anderson came on my show and said, it wasn't on Jordan. It was on everyone else. They let him down. And in the NFL, he's going to be a much better player because he's going to be surrounded by people who get it and can do the thing. And he is going to be, he is so smart that the more you put on his plate, the more capable he is going to look. That All that being said, he got a little playmaker heavy that season trying to make plays it turns into interceptions it turns into bad decisions it turns into bad footwork it turns into sloppy fundamentals you don't want that 40% pressure rate every game can't do it so you can't you can't be blowing up twists and stunts you can't be able to not pass off these games the teams are going to run against you 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 need to block better in the run game you need to catch passes the packers have problems there but I don't think at least this season that's going to bother Jordan Love that much. He's worked too hard and for too many years now getting the footwork down, getting the concepts down that I just don't think a year of some up and down play is really going to phase him that much. I just don't. Now, the other question that I wanted to talk about here with Jordan Love, I got from uh, he was a game 75. Are you concerned about Jordan Love's inconsistent downfield accuracy at all? There's a couple of absolute dimes, but most are sailed. What are some of the numbers on QBs increasing their accuracy over time? Well, accuracy is one of those things that we thought for a long time was not really that fixable. That if you were an inaccurate quarterback, you were just an inaccurate quarterback. I don't believe that. I've kind of, I wouldn't say I've never believed that, but I have, I have been more dubious than the consensus, I would say. Because... I have always, and this is this is true, I have always been, when it comes to quarterbacks, show me the upside. Show me what they can be. Can they make those special throws? Can they make those high-level wow you throws? And Jordan Love, man, he can do it. He can do it. And it's all over his Utah State tape. And it is, frankly, all over the tape this year. So he has made some deep throws that have been phenomenal. Slot fades to Jaden Reed, how many times now? He had two in the Saints game, one that Jaden Reed couldn't come down with, one in the Lions game. The, the the play you go back to like the preseason, the throw to Christian Watson is really good. Dax Hill just makes a great play. The throw to Romeo Dobbs against the Patriots in the preseason, really good. The throw to Dontavian Wicks on a on a on a glance route, a post route. It's not it's not a deep ball in the way that we normally think of one. That was like an 18-yard air yard throw on a line. Great throw. Um, and so, and the, and the Romeo Dobbs catch against the Saints. That's a great throw. His 
adjusted accuracy numbers and his on-target numbers have started to tick up. If you look at FTN Fantasy does the charting on this, and in terms of accurate deep ball throws on over 20, 20 or more yards, he's right now, to start the season, first two, three games, I think he was, first two games, he was like one of eight on deep shots. And now the on-target percentage has ticked way up and he's now in the same realm as like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Tua. So it's starting to tick up. That is one of those things that I think is just going to be, it's going to be chemistry. He clearly he clearly has the chemistry with Dobbs and Reed. He doesn't have it with Luke Musgrave. Missed him in Chicago. Missed him down the pipe against the Saints. Wide open for a touchdown. Didn't throw it against Atlanta. Could have been a big play there. If teams are going to play these two high looks, they're going to keep throwing it. And he's going to have to hit it a couple of these times. They have to get that timing route. But to me, that's chemistry. Like, do you remember how many times Aaron Rodgers missed Marquez Valdez-Scantling early in his career? They could not connect until it became one of the most explosive duos back in 2020 in the NFL. So I'm, I'm not worried about it for the moment. It was something that was a knock on him coming out. He was not a great deep ball thrower, thrower outside the numbers. Most of his wow throws were hash mark to hash mark, middle of the field throws into traffic, layered throws. He has premium arm talent. The deep balls, that's just one thing we got to, we got to, that's the, that's the place where if he can be a little bit, and he's big game hunting, man. I think he's now second in average depth of target in the league. Just had his best completion percentage. For those of you who are completion percentage, you know, obsessors. Just had his best completion percentage game of his uh, season. And I thought, for the most part, looked pretty accurate. Looked pretty accurate. Had a couple turndowns early on. But once he got settled in, man, he was throwing strikes all over the field. With pressure in his face. The pressure did not cease. Pressure in his face, falling away, Romeo Dobbs, dart on fourth and nine to set up a touchdown. Like, those are the moments. Those are the moments where you go, oh yeah, this is real. So, am I I worried? No. But is it something that we have to keep our eye on? Yeah, I think absolutely we do. All right, we're going to finish up with more of your questions on this Locked on Packers Friday. I love Daily Fantasy. And one of the things that I particularly like is the lineups that you can create. Not the, not the team lineups, but what prize picks does. Where you can say, okay, I think these players are going to produce more or less than what prize picks says. So Aaron Jones, let's say for example, prize picks says 60 yards. You decide if he's going to run for more or less than 60 yards. And then you can add Jordan Love yards and Jaden Reed touchdowns together in a lineup. Now you've got a lineup. You've got a lineup. It's Daily Fantasy. You've got a lineup. And you can win up to 25 times your money. Put $10 in, you can win up to 250 on it. Let's go. Put a, put a lineup together in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. With prize picks, reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy platform with injury insurance. 
injury insurance. Huh. That is a massive, massive benefit. If you've ever played this kind of daily fantasy, you know how important that can be. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. It's Saturday. You don't have a show. But Monday on the show, we've got um, a little show to get you ready for Monday Night Football. And we've got Joe Thomas next week. Uh, that's the that's the big guest that I've been teasing. Uh, we had to move move around some schedules sometimes. I'm, I'm stoked to get Joe on. Um, our schedule's a little wonky next week. I, I, what we may do is end up, we may end up doing an, uh, an interview on Monday. Joe, Lily, plus, because there's no crossover, plus the show after the game. Stay tuned. Watch this space, as they say. All right, this was the last Jordan Love question I wanted to get to. Logan Myers, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time to the 2020 draft and take T. Higgins over Jordan Love, would you? I personally lean Love, but a lot of Packer fans think we win a Super Bowl with Higgins. Insert rant about how Higgins wasn't a Packers-type receiver. Well, Logan, you're right. The Packers were just never going to take T. Higgins. So I love T. Higgins. I had T. Higgins as, a, I believe, a top 20 player. If you go back and look, I, I'm pretty sure. I had Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, and T. Higgins right in a little group. I loved them. I loved them. I knew the Packers would not. Now, what I said on draft night is if Jordan Love is good, he will create more value for the Packers than any receiver could. Those teams in in 20 and 21 were good enough to win a Super Bowl. They were. Not having Jordan Love or having replacing Jordan Love with a really good player, sure, that would bump up your chances. No doubt. No doubt. But those teams were good enough. They just didn't play well enough. So I I feel like going that route is a little bit of a cop-out. It's a little bit of an excuse because those teams were good enough. Brian Gutekinds did the right thing, planned for the future. Now we can talk about the rest of the 2020 draft, Josiah DeGuara, AJ Dillon. That's tough stuff. That's tough stuff. And that was that was tough in the moment. Just not not great, Bob. But Jordan Love, especially if there's more progress to come here and he can be, you know, a top 12 kind of quarterback, which I certainly think he's capable of being, it's a move you make. It's a move you make again, for sure. All right, a question that I think is certainly um, relevant to this week. I have two of those that I want to get to before we finish up here. Um, Cyrus asks, do you think Stokes take over for Nixon and how will we implement Stokes once he's back? This is a great question because we don't know. We don't. I think what you probably do is he becomes your third corner. You have Russell Douglas who can play in the slot. We know Jerry Alexander can play in the slot. Certainly in certain matchups. I would just say, okay, in nickel... Those are going to be the three corners. Eric Stokes is going to play a boundary. And then based on some of the matchups for game to game, someone else will play in the slot. And then there will be some packages where you have Jair on the slot. So this is this is the prime week. Now, I don't think Eric Stokes is going to be active this week. I don't think he's you know ready for that. 
And even if he's active, I, you know, I think the dime corner is probably the best thing. Bring him up to speed. Let him play one more game. And then you have the bye week, you know, all that good stuff. Just get some reps this week and then you rest and then you you get to go. Um, but this would be a perfect week, for example, to have Jair Alexander play more on the slot when Devontae Adams is going to play in the slot. And then you have Jacoby Myers who can also play in the slot and Hunter Renfro who is good from the slot. So this would be the kind of week where you'd want to be creative with those matchups. Having that ability is really important. You need three corners in the NFL. The Packers have three. They need to figure out a way to get them all on the field at once. Now this offense, you know, Aiden O'Connell, Jimmy, Jimmy G, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. It has not been very good. Even with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, it has not been very good. So, do you need those guys? You, you need Jair. It'd be nice to have Jair back. He said he's playing, not going to miss it against Devontae Adams. Said it's like a playoff game. He's going to play, which is not great because it means like he's not healthy, which is not ideal. But you, you got to figure this out with those three guys. And I think that's the best way to do it. Last thing here. Um, the Doc Maniac says, I'd love to hear your opinion about Matt LaFleur and his loyalty to his guys that negatively, negatively impact the team. Multiple examples now when we look at loyalty is such a good thing, but I think for him, it's now starting to have a detrimental impact on his coaching tenure. Um, loyalty to Joe Barry, certainly a question mark worth worth questioning. Um, and then guys like Royce Newman, what's the deal? Jake Hansen, what's the deal? Those offensive line decisions are weird to me. It seems to be happening more on offense. And then all that's true. And yet we come through an offseason here where they got rid of all the veterans. So the, the his guy thing, they're on. Like Mercedes Lewis was a Matt LaFleur guy. Big Bob Tunyon, a Matt LaFleur guy. Alan Lazard, Matt LaFleur loved that guy. So I, I don't think we can say for sure loyalty is a problem yet. I think there have been times when they have not walked the walk when it comes to competition and, and saying, okay, you know, we're going to let this play out. No, what we're actually going to do is, is have the most veteran guys play. I don't know. I don't like that. But he's also shown a willingness to say, okay, Ellen Jenkins, you're the best player. You're going to play. So it did take Lane Taylor having a serious injury for him to not get just like part-time reps. But the willingness to say, we're going to rotate, that means something to me. That means something to me. I don't think it's a problem yet. Doesn't mean it can't become a problem at some point. All that is to say, I need to see Sean Ryan this week. Royce Newman. It's enough. It's enough. Uh, Monday, we're back. Live show Monday night on our YouTube page. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. I'm sorry for those of you watching on YouTube. You can see I'm wearing a silver and black Locked on Packers t-shirt. Um, not intentional. Um, everyone got the same color scheme. Uh, the original t-shirts from Locked on are uh, yellow and green. So the Vikings host and the Bears hosts, they got Packers colored Locked on shirts before. So just I for those of you watching, I needed to make that clear. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find a Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube page, you can do that. Subscribe there so you can stay Locked on Packers.